Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Inside Sports on 630. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Really good to have you along for the ride. We are with you uh, until 8 tonight, but the sports talk will continue from 8 to 9. Morley Scott will bring you the Eskimo Show. It's been coming to you on Sunday afternoon most of the time for the last couple of months. Now back in its Monday from 8 to 9 spot throughout the CFL regular season, which starts on Thursday, the first Eskimos game, Saturday at 5, as they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. And our pregame show here on 6.30, Ched, will start at 6.30 as we get things going with a Grey Cup rematch. Ottawa up against Edmonton. All right, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 6.30, You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. Uh, Mike in St. John's says, Hey, Reed, just want to weigh in on the draft chatter as it's looking more and more like the top D the Oilers will need will only come by trading either the fourth overall or Eberle for a solid third liner and perhaps the seventh with Sergachev being that pick. If it's Eberle, uh, this would free up some salary to take a run at Ocposo with Kachuk and Servachev back in junior being a year or so away. I also like Matheson's suggestion in the Edmonton Journal of a possible Nugent Hopkins and Sekera for Falk and Lindholm. Cam Fowler is another possible, uh, and if so, can Clefbaum move to the right side? Well, here, here's what's happened. I mean, Vatnin was signed over the weekend. All the guys who you think you might get the teams who have those players then realize, oh, that guy's a pretty good player. Not just going to trade. Not just going to trade him. Here is what I think is going to happen. Sitting here on uh, June twentieth, and a week from now, we'll have some of these answers, and we'll see if I'm somewhat on the right track or just devastatingly train wreck wrong, as has happened in the past. Here's what I, here's what I think will happen. I think the Oilers will draft Matthew Kachuk at number four. That's my prediction for that pick. I think when it comes to a defenseman, the Oilers will not acquire. The Oilers will not acquire anybody who is considered to be a stud number one defenseman. All right? 
They're not getting Subban. They're not getting Shattenkirk or whoever. I think the Oilers will acquire, either through trade or signing, a defenseman of the caliber of Travis Hamonic or Jason Demers. I'm not saying that individual precisely, but someone of that caliber. The Jason Demers stuff, I think it's very possible. He's a free agent. He has ties to Todd McClellan. He was on successful San Jose teams with Todd McClellan. I know you're going to say, well, they never won the Stanley Cup. Okay, they didn't. You're right, but they won a lot of regular season games together, had a couple of decent playoff runs, and there's a connection there. Um, I think that here's here's well here's one thing I'm not I'm not sure what to think. I don't think all the six million dollar players are going to be back. Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, and Eberle. I go back and forth on what's going to happen. But I I wonder what if you what if you can sign a free agent like Demers? What if they sign uh, a right winger like Ocposo or Louis Erickson from Boston? Oh, again, a connection to a guy currently in the Oilers franchise, GM Peter Shirelli. What if you put Leon Dreisaitl on the right wing, and what if you trade Jordan Eberle for, again, a defenseman of the Hamannick Demers caliber? Then you got Dreisaitl and the Ocposo Erickson type on the right side. You got McDavid and Nugent Hopkins down the middle. You have Hall and Pouliot on the left side. Those are your top two lines. Now, in this scenario that I'm proposing, Dreisaitl can move back and forth, but you also have to find a third-line center. Because Mark Letestu himself was in studio last week and said, I played too much. Now, you're not going to tell the coach to stop playing you, but he recognizes he's supposed to be a fourth-line player. Now, if they can sign Demers and trade for a, a, you know, okay right shot D, the defense will be better. Will it be improved enough to make the playoffs? I don't know. But it will be improved. Here's, here's the thing. The Oilers are not on their team this season unless Darnell Nurse just transforms into the Hulk. Maybe someone gets some gamma rays and put them on Darnell Nurse. The Oilers are not going to have a number one defenseman. Okay, there are only about 16 to 18 true stud five-tool defensemen in the league. The Oilers are not, I, I don't believe the Oilers are going to have one. I believe they will have defense by committee and hopefully be able to spread the minutes around their top four. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. No team has ever won the Stanley Cup without a stud defenseman. For the most part, that is true. Recently, okay, you got Latang, you got Keith and Seabrook for that matter, you got Dowdy. Uh, you got Chara, what, those are the uh, four most recent uh, Stanley Cup winners, right? Uh, Chicago and L.A. winning multiple times. That's why That's why I only mentioned four teams. So if the, or- the Oilers might be in a situation where, let's say, they have Sekera, Nurse, Clefbaum, let's say Demers, let's say another right-shot D that they trade for, 
and then you have maybe uh, Davidson and Fain, and and maybe Griber gets resigned. Is could that be your top eight, top seven or eight? It'll probably have to be. I don't know if if hoping for more or expecting to more expecting more is is realistic. And if the, here here's here's how the Oilers get better, they do something like that on D without sacrificing too much out front. Now you're saying, oh, Wilkins, you're living in a dream world. You're going to have to give something up. Yes, that's why uh, trying to acquire... Let's try our guest now, Kellen. I think he's ready to go. Uh, that's why it's, it, it, to me, trying to sign a free agent like Demers, and there aren't going to be a lot of great defensemen out there, is kind of vital to this plan that I'm proposing. Trade for another one you got to sign some depth at center or get some depth at center. And and how else do the Oilers improve? Internal improvement. You hope Nurse plays better. You hope Clefbaum gets a little bit better. Davidson, I don't know what the limit for this kid is anymore because he surprised the heck out of me last season. And then the other on-ice things are how much, how good can McDavid be? Because I don't think we really know. And can Talbot play well for the entire season? So here's the thing. I've just laid out, what did I lay out? A half dozen points for the Oilers to improve? That is a lot. And I, I'm, I try to be the most realistic person here. They probably all won't happen. If all six of those things happen, maybe they get into the playoffs. If four out of the six happen, then uh, I don't know. Because this is uh, still a team with a lot of work to do as we bring in Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal. Jim, good to have you on the show, buddy. How are you doing? Very good, Reed. Good, good, good. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in tonight, or for uh, well, I hope you were tuning in and for joining us tonight. Um, quite a quite a busy uh, sports weekend. I, I want to touch on. I, I don't know. I, I think I saw you tweeting about the golf, and uh, to me, LeBron, maybe he's the greatest player of all time. The Eskimos looked good in the preseason. I don't know if you paid attention to any of those, but it was such a busy Father's Day weekend. Anything stand out for you in the sports world from this weekend? Uh, well, I didn't see the Eskimo game. I was golfing uh, at Wolf Creek. I didn't see the Eskimo game, so I can't comment on that. Um, and I watched some of the basketball game, the second half of the basketball game. And, yeah, he's pretty impressive. He's not the best basketball player who ever lived. But, but uh, you're too young to remember his basketball players a little older than him. I think are every bit as good as LeBron. Uh, but he's in the top ten probably. And... Uh, the golf, uh, the USGA just looked stupid with their ruling on Dustin Johnson about moving the ball. Uh, the greens were uh, tabletops. The ball was moving regardless of whether a guy could put his putter behind the ball or not. And when the best players in the world, the Spieths and the McElroys and the Ernie Ells, are saying this is ridiculous, uh, if I'm a member of the USGA, I look pretty stupid. And why they couldn't have told them uh, on the... 12 hole, which we're penalizing you a shot. Why they want to wait till the round is over? It makes absolutely no sense to me. But uh, uh, they look stupid. Can't argue with you there. And they they did uh, kind of apologize today. By they uh, they say they regret the distraction caused by <laughs> by their actions. Okay, thanks for oh, telling us. That's a very lukewarm yeah. uh, admission that they screwed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim, getting ready to go to Buffalo here for the draft, and this is our draft report for Nate's Computer Training Center. Heat up your computer skills this summer. Enroll now for July courses at nate.ca/ctc. You know, uh, 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 
loyal listener and Oilers fan called in off the top of the show, and I, I know that some people were talking to Stoffer about it, and a lot of people are saying if the Oilers need a defenseman so bad, why don't they just draft Sergachev or whoever at number four? Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, and uh, if they do draft one of these young defensemen, I don't think he plays in the NHL this season, but one of uh, many questions being thrown out as we head into Friday. Yeah, there's lots of questions, and this general manager keeps everything close to the vest. We don't even know what's going on. He can, uh, they could drive, draft Sergeyev four. I don't know if he's the fourth best player, uh, but if they want to make sure they, you know, they're going to get him, uh, trading back, they're not going to get him. So uh, I don't see it. Uh, if they want to get him, they're going to have to draft him on their own at four. Now I'm writing in tomorrow's paper that the owners should listen to what. Carolina's offering if uh, Carolina offers both their first round picks. There's only uh, four teams with two picks in the first round, and Carolina is one of them, and they got 13th pick, 21st. And uh, if, you know, you know, there's a difference between 4 and 13 for sure, mm-hmm. but you're getting an extra first rounder at 21, and there'll be defensemen there at 13 too, quite a few of them. So they could still get a really good defenseman at 13 and then another player at 21 who's a, you know, theoretically a forward if you wanted to take a forward. So you're, trade, you're, you're saying you trade the 4th for the 13th and the 21st. That would be the yep. deal. Yep. So maybe at 13, maybe Chikrin is still hanging around, I guess. Uh, Chikrin or Charlie McAvoy. Okay. Or, or Fabro or Jake Bean. Uh, I think I think Mac, McAvoy is the best of those ones. I think from people I talked to, he's the best and he also shoots right-handed. Uh, I don't know if Chikrin will still be there at 13. Um, but it, at worst, McAvoy is the fourth best defenseman after Sergeyev and Ulevi. So, um, you know, if they got back at 13 and also got a uh, a, uh, a forward they could pick at 21, great. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I don't think the players they're picking at four are playing in the NHL next year anyway. I agree with you. So it's not like they're picking somebody who's, who's going to play. Um and in in the case of McAvoy, he's playing college hockey. There's no rush for him. He's playing at BU, Boston University. Fabro's going to Boston University next year as well. And so they said there's no rush. But they may just pick the Matt, Matthew Kachuk. Who knows? I don't know. It's, uh, it's up in the air. All right, Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal uh, joining us. I, before you came on, I was talking about defense scenarios, and I said it would be beautiful if, if the Oilers could get a player for free, not in terms of money, but in terms of sacrificing something off their roster. Look, Jason Demare's name is is out there. DB has texted, and he says, why would a savvy GM like Jim Nill so easily walk away from Jason Demare's? Would it, what are the Oilers really locking up? To, and he, so he's basically saying if, if another team doesn't want to keep this player, why would the Oilers go after him? Well, I, th- I still think Jason Demers would be a- an upgrade to the Oilers' defense. And I had Mike Heike on from the Dallas Morning News, and he's pretty clear that the Stars believe they have young defensemen um, that that they that they run want to ride with. I understand what DB is saying, but I don't see Demers as being a scrap heap pickup for whatever team winds up with him. Not a scrap heap pickup, but he's a second pairing defenseman. Sure, he's not a first pairing defenseman. He's a He's a number four defenseman. So you want to pay a whole fortune for a number four defenseman? I don't know. Um, the defensemen that they're, they like uh, are, are either 
unavailable or signing with other teams. So they're kind of running out of options, to be honest, in terms of getting a number one defenseman. And I, you know, I, I do, I know where the Oilers fans are coming from whenever you throw out a player that maybe the Oilers should go after in a trade. They always say, well, that's not enough. Um, I think the Oilers tend to overrate their own, Oilers fans tend to overrate their own players, like most fans do, at the expense of anybody who plays on another team. And they say, oh, he's no good. He's not good enough. So, you know, in terms of Cam Fowler, I'm thinking about uh, in Anaheim. He's a very solid, good National League defenseman. He's a much better player than Jason Demers is. And if you have to trade for him, you have to trade for him. So, you know, they would want Taylor Hall. But you're not just trading. You're not going to trade Taylor Hall for Cam Fowler. You're going to get more than Cam Fowler. So I'm sure that uh, Bob Murray and... and, uh, Peter Shirelli has talked about that. All I know is back in, I think, two, was it 2014, Bobby Ryan got traded from Anaheim to uh, Ottawa? Right. Bobby Ryan at the time was one of the best left-wingers in the league. Played left-wing on the line with, with Getzlaff and Perry, and he fetched Jacob Silverberg, a former number one draft choice named Stefan Nosen, and a first-round draft choice. So he didn't get any player in that group as good as Cam Fowler. So um, as good as Taylor Hall is, and I think he's a really good player, I don't know what fans in Edmonton think you can get for Taylor Hall. You know, are you going to get a King's Ransom? I don't know. But, I mean, it's certainly willing to, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, I think you have to listen to one and all offers from teams that might want to trade you a defenseman. And Anaheim is not trading Hampus Lindholm to the Edmonton Oilers when they signed Sammy Votnick. Right, like I said, in terms of trade, um, you know, dollar in, dollar out. Trades make more sense because you're you're sending away money and bringing back money, as opposed to free agents where you're keeping contracts and then adding another one. So, all right, quickly, Jim, before I let you go, I mean, whenever we do a segment like this, you know, it's like we get tons of uh, trade proposals and stuff texted in. Uh, somebody texted in uh, a report that the Bruins and the Oilers have reached out to the Blues about Shattenkirk. Any any way Shattenkirk would ever be an Oiler? No. Okay. That's... I don't think I don't see it. I don't think if he's going to sign a new long term contract, he's not going to sign one in Edmonton. I don't see it. Um, I think there's a much better chance he goes back east where he's from. Right. Um, but um, who knows? I don't. Uh, I just can't see. Kevin Shattenkirk signing a long-term deal with the Edmonton Oilers. But he'd be a good player for the Edmonton Oilers, but I just don't see it. It's the same thing with, with I think we're so hung up on the Oilers have to have to get and trade for right-shooting defensemen uh, that we're, we're a little blinded to the fact there may be a really good left-shooting defenseman, as, as Cam Fowler is, as Lindholm is a left-shooting defenseman. Not every right-shooting defenseman is a great one, but just because the Oilers need righties doesn't mean they have to just go out and take whatever right-handed defenseman is out there in terms of uh, either signing somebody or, or making a trade that really isn't a great trade, but if the guy happens to be a right-shot defenseman, then i got to go and get him. Jim, I appreciate your time. I know it's a busy week for you, and I uh, look forward to spending time with you in Buffalo later this week, man. Oh, okay, thanks, Reed. Take care of yourself. That is Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal checking in. 780-496-0063 is our phone number. You can text 630-630. We've got to take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 727. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Chris, you're on with Reed. I got. I only got about a minute for you today, buddy, but go ahead. 
that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll blow through this. Uh, love Jim Matheson. Love reading his stuff. I don't trade Hall for Fowler. I, I like Fowler, but not for Hall. I don't trade down anything uh, in our first-round pick. I don't trade anything down uh, below, uh, I'd say, eight. Uh, it's, to me, it's not worth it. Um, would love Erickson and um, Drysaddle on the wings, on the right wings. I would also like Milan Lucic and Taylor Hall on the left wing. Makes it tougher to play against. Uh, wouldn't mind acquiring Shaw for Lander, maybe a pick. And uh, that's pretty much uh, pretty much it. I don't pay uh, Demers, Demers anything over five. I'm sorry, he's not he's not better than Davidson. He's not better than Sekera. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, going for another left um, left shot defenseman. It's not a big deal, but uh, that's all I have. And uh, let's go Oilers and big move. Right on. That is Chris from Phoenix checking in tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I know Chris will be listening on Friday. Our coverage from Buffalo live at the NHL draft from four to nine p.m. on Friday, and then from eight to eleven a.m. on Saturday morning. Going to be very busy. Me. Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer will all be in Buffalo for the draft. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. The Eskimo Show with Morley Scott coming up from 8 to 9 tonight. We will touch on a little basketball, both the NBA and something really cool happening right here in Edmonton. That's when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. So Cam Talbot, pretty safe prediction. He will be the goaltender Wednesday, October 12th, when the Oilers play a regular season game for the first time ever at Rogers Place. It'll be against the Calgary Flames. The league announced all the home openers today. The full schedule comes out tomorrow. The Flames home opener against the Oilers on Friday, October 14th. So we do know that the Oilers will open the season with a home-and-home series against our lovely sisters from the South. The Oilers have re-signed Jordan Osterley to a one-year contract. 23-year-old defenseman played in 17 NHL games last season. He had five assists. A little more depth there for the organization. In terms of uh, other hockey news today, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Frederick Anderson from the Anaheim Ducks, and then they lock him up. Five years, $25 million. Anaheim gets the 30th overall pick in this Friday's draft. That was the one Toronto got from Pittsburgh for Phil Kessel. Uh, The Ducks also get a second-round pick in 2017. The Rangers trade the rights to pending UFA defenseman Keith Yandel to Florida for a sixth-round pick in Friday's draft. The Rangers will also get a fourth-rounder in 2017 if Yandel signs with the Panthers. He's 29. He made $5.25 million this past season. Oh, Jimmy Vesey, the Hobie Baker winner in the NCAA, has been traded from Nashville to Buffalo for a third-round pick. He was saying, I'm not going to sign with you, Nashville. Uh, His situation is a little different if he's not signed now by Buffalo by August 15th he becomes an unrestricted free agent those are your headlines for today on the crystal glass scoreboard for all your glass needs you can call 310 glass today this is inside sports on 630 Ched and last night a Cleveland team finally does it Ball's inbounded to Curry. Don't foul him as Curry fires a three. He missed it. Loose ball tip. Grabbed by Spades. Spades fires. And this one is over. Believe it, Cleveland. Savor it. So 
broke it in. The kid from Akron has come home. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. And the impossible dream has come true. The drought is over. The curse destroyed. 52 years of torment and anguish has been washed away. The greatest comeback in NBA Finals history is complete. Five decades of championship futility has been erased. Make no mistake about it, June 19th, 2016, is a day that will go down as one of the greatest days in the history of Cleveland sports. And oh hey, one other thing Cleveland, let the party begin. Well, I think they're still partying in Cleveland as that city finally wins a major pro sports championship and in dramatic fashion, Game 7 after trailing the series three games to one. Paul Sir is the Executive Director of Basketball Alberta. Paul, welcome back to the show, man. How are you doing? Doing great, Reed. Just have uh, enjoyed this uh, seven-game series, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, it was a great Game 7, and it just proves again the greatness of LeBron James, Paul. He was dra- It was all part of his plan. Get drafted by Cleveland, you know, screw Cleveland over, go to Miami. But then, oh, no, I never really meant to do that to you. I came back to win the championship for you, right? It was all part of his plan, Paul. <laughs> it was. You know what? He, uh, but in Cleveland today... He can do anything he wants. He is he is the man. He did what he said he was going to do. Uh, like you said, it wasn't his plan. I doubt it. But boy, uh, no one can doubt his greatness. Well, just an incredible athlete. That block that he pulled off in the fourth quarter was something else. And, and another play that I'm going to remember from late in that fourth quarter. And and as a as a guy who's played and coached the game, I'm really curious your thoughts on it, Paul. Well, Steph Curry trying that behind-the-back pass that wound up going out of bounds. I was like, man, is that the time to do that? I mean, I guess I guess that's how they play, but I was also like, oh, man, do you need to be more careful at that time of the game? Never seen that before. I've never seen such a careless, uh, selfish, arrogant, childish, <laughs> any other <laughs> condescending remarks I can come up with, but to have the fate of the game, of the series, of the NBA championship – at stake and to try that kind of flippant pass is uh, just unthinkable. And I think really maybe that in a way embodied Curry's performance through the series, because it wasn't just that, that, I mean, that was the most obvious mistake, but he had three real bad turnovers in the fourth quarter that were similar. Not again, not as dramatically bad read, but similar in how careless his passes were. The fact that he missed shots, you know, everybody misses shots. You don't do that intentionally, but you really have to take care of the ball differently in game seven of the NBA championship compared to playing New Orleans in the middle of the season. What's interesting, Paul, is game seven was a great game. Perhaps the first six games are going to be remembered for all the other storylines that popped up along the way. After game one, it looked like Golden State was too deep. They go up 3-1. The tweet sent out by (laughs) Steph Curry's (laughs) wife after Game 6. And Jack Michaels, uh, who's a big sports fan, does the Oilers play-by-play here in our station, made a great point with me last week. And, Paul, you and I would both love to believe that everything is always fair, that that officials and executives are always, um, you know, are going to make the same ruling no matter what. 
we both know that isn't the case. And Jack made a great point. I wonder if the series is 2-2 if Draymond Green gets a one-game suspension. And, and, but he did, and then you, you, you now we look and say how that changed the tone of the series. Well, it's interesting to hear pundits talk about that, about how Draymond Green set himself up for that kind of ruling by the NBA. And to a point, Reed, I agree with them. His, uh, his infraction against Stephen Adams in the Oklahoma City uh, series, that clearly merited a suspension because of the violence and the clear intent and the contact he made. I have never seen a suspension because a player made, uh, made a gesture or a swing like Draymond did without making contact, especially given that you could argue that LeBron James threw Draymond to the ground and then stepped over him in what is considered to be one of the most taunting styles of uh, dissing a, a, an opponent, and no mention of that whatsoever in the NBA's day and a half that they took to craft their statement. <laughs> but you're right. 2-2, two, two, I don't know that there's, there's an issue like that. Green's not suspended. And, you know, and I think we all know if Green stays with the team and that's not a suspension, Odds are very, very high. Golden State is the champion right now. Yeah, it's going to be the series remembered for for, for a lot. But whether you love LeBron James or, or hate him, I don't think you can deny his athleticism and, and what he means to whatever team he's going to be on. Maybe it's the Lakers next year, Paul. Who knows? He can go save them now. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's so interesting. I am really, I, I, up until last night, thought for sure – LeBron's going to finish his career in Cleveland. I don't. This, my, this is my guess today, and that'll change probably by tomorrow. But my guess today, he's going to a big market. LeBron wants to move into movies. He's done what he said he was going to do for his hometown in Cleveland. Now it's on to different pastures. Uh, and you know what? The reason I base that is he's done it before, and he's come out of it now. He is a hero. His stock couldn't be any higher. So if he leaves, Ohio's still going to love him. Paul Sir, Executive Director of Basketball Alberta, joining us on Inside Sports. Paul, also want to touch on you, uh, big touch on with you, big series here coming up, Canada against China, women's basketball, July 9th, 10th, and 11th over at the Savile Centre. They're tuning up for the Olympic Games. And can people start getting their tickets now? Yes, they can, Reed. They can call our office, uh, the Basketball Alberta office, at 780-427-9044. Hit extension three and talk to Natalie, and she'll get you taken care of uh, with your tickets. You can also get them online at basketballalberta.ca, and, of course, you can buy them at the door. But you talk about a great series, Reed, and is it ever. Eighth in the world, China, versus ninth in the world, Canada. They're in the same pool in the Olympics. They actually play each other in the first round when they get to the Olympics. What a great tune-up to have two of the top ten teams in the world in our home city squaring off a few weeks before they head to Rio de Janeiro for the Olympics. Yeah, that's going to be fun for sure. July 9th, 10th, and 11th. So, yeah, as Paul said, you can go to the Basketball Alberta website or 780-427-9044. Paul, we will talk more about that series closer to the the tip-off because that's going to be a big one for the tune-up. Thanks a lot for making time for us, man. It was great talking to you, Reed. Take care.
That is Paul Sir from Basketball Alberta. I always love his thoughts on what's going on with the NBA basketball in general, and that, that's going to be so cool. The Canadian women's basketball team, three-game series against China. DB texting in. He says, I'm so happy for the Cleveland sports fan. No fan should live that with uh, pain for that long. They win the NBA. They also won the American Hockey League. Uh, enjoy it, Cleveland. That is from DB. In the last half hour, Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal said that LeBron James is not the greatest basketball player of all time, that there were players that played before I was born. Uh, Jim's probably around 20 years older than me. Morley, come on in here, buddy. Uh, Morley, come on in here, you crazy old coot. Uh, Dozer Mike says, let me guess, Jim Matheson's other top 10 basketball players have all retired. Old people never seem to account for how much more competitive pro sports get each year. If 2016 LeBron played against 1996 Jordan, he would be better. He's stronger, faster, and can play every position on the floor. MJ is still the best player of all time, but his quality of competition wasn't the same as today. McDavid has a a higher skill level than Gretzky. Uh, than when Gretzky entered the league, but he will have much less opportunity to dominate like during the 1980s. All right. Dozer Mike brings up a great point, Morley. I don't know. Jim, don't, don't call Jim Matheson an old person. He's experienced and he's seen a lot. Yes. He's... Right. Now, look, you can only, you should not punish a player for the era that he played in. Right? Correct. Uh, it is not. Guy can't help Nicholas's, when he was born. Right. It's not whoever. Whoever. I don't know if there was ever a as dominant a player in the NBA at his peak than Wilt Chamberlain. Does that make him the greatest player of all time? Sure, if he played against the centers of today, he'd be smaller and prob- probably slower. All you can do is say, here was the level of the league at that time, and here's how this guy did against that, that league. And that's, that's the beauty of sports half the time is talking about that, you know, trying to compare McDavid to Gretzky or LeBron to Jordan or uh, the the Oilers in the 80s to the Canadians in the 70s. Uh, there, there's so many variables. It's mm-hmm. so different that you, it's fun, but you can't really do it. It's well, he, just not fair to anybody. Here's the thing that, to me, if you're doing the greatest player argument for the NBA, the thing that separates... LeBron, and I think also to a large extent Magic, and I love how you can just call them one name when it comes to the NBA. That that's what, that's what they, they want. That's yep. we were talking about that earlier. They market the individual: yep. LeBron, Larry, you know, Magic, Michael. But the Magic and LeBron, I think, are the most versatile players ever. I mean, Magic could post up. He played center in a game as a rookie. He was a six-nine mm-hmm. guard. And LeBron can kind of play any position you want him to play. I don't know if Wilt Chamberlain could have been your shooting guard. Now, in that time, you wouldn't have expected a guy to be that versatile. So, again, there, there's that argument. But, but LeBron can kind of do, not kind of, he can do everything at least at an above average level and a lot of it as, at an excellent level. He's, he was fantastic last night, eh? He's, well, the block was he, the play of the game. Oh, it wasn't even a basket. That, that he might scored. be the play of the year. Like that's yeah. that's the takeaway of the whole series for some people, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and he's so. I, I like the way he's 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 better than average at most things and excellent at other things. I mean, he's just as good as it gets right now. 
I mean, uh, Paul says, uh, give Jordan today's uh, training and technology. No one ever mentions that. I mean, that's the great debate. Yeah. I mean, Jack Nicholas. Well, people say, well, he, people outdrive Jack Nicholas by 70 yards. Well, yeah, he didn't have the clubs. Yeah, exactly. And same thing with hockey players. Now, fourth liners are faster and, and you know and, and more agile than some of the best players in the 60s and 70s yeah. because of the equipment. They it's don't all smoke. lighter. <laughs> the, 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 it's all lighter. The skates are better. They, they look after the ice differently. Like, yeah, yeah, there's so many variables. You can't you can't compare. All I know is LeBron James is really really good at basketball. He might be the best do right I, now. Do I like the way he do I always like the way he presents himself or that the NBA presents him? No, I don't. There was no way he was giving up that trophy last night, eh? Yeah. He wasn't giving it to anybody. Yeah. He won it. Yeah, that's that seemed to be his sentiment. Yeah, he just he was just hugging that thing, and no one else was getting it. Yeah, but the NBA has it. I was talking about that earlier because it is. I mean, I mean, even in in a sport like football, where the quarterback is so important, he touches the ball on every offensive play. He's half the field. He's half the game. He's not even on the field. I mean, LeBron can play forty four of the forty eight minutes and have a large effect on. 80% of the plays, the offensively and defensively, yeah, right? exactly. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. I, I think, go back to the, the trophy thing, LeBron held on to it and wouldn't give it to anybody. Think about the Stanley Cup <laughs> a week before. Who was the third guy to get the Stanley Cup? Uh, a guy who retired in January, yeah. you know, in Pascal Dupuis. Imagine if he just would have skated off the ice with it. Hey, yeah, it's mine. It's I mine. I got it. Yeah. I, I had a blood clot, everybody. I'm just going to the dressing room. <laughs> just taking it. <laughs> it's uh, 7.50. Can we preview the Eskimo show when we get back? Yes. We will. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 6.30, Chad. Hey, it's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Off a little earlier today. Oh, so, someone's trying to get in my good books. Uh-oh. Uh, Sizzler M. Hey, Reed, LeBron James is to basketball what you are to sports radio. Enough Ooh. said. You rock. Thanks, Auntie. That's great. <laughs> It's always great when the family's listening. Yeah, it's always great. I had my dad on the show on Friday. That was good. Oh, how'd it go? Good, yeah? Yeah, good. He did. Excellent. We didn't embarrass I like your dad. I met him at the... uh... You've met my dad plenty of times. My dad's a big fan of yours. Big Eskimos fan. Yes. Doesn't like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, who does, really? (laughs) Oh, about a million people in Saskatchewan. (laughs) And all over Canada. It's funny. uh, (laughs) I went to to a wedding last week. Well, Kelsey got married. I went to her wedding in BC. She's now Kelsey Campbell. And... uh, her, she had a friend out from Ontario, but who grew up in Saskatchewan, uh, around my age. So we spent spent a lot of time talking. And I said to him, "So do you like the Riders?" He's like, "Well, you kind of have to. <laughs> like, it's like you're born. In, I mean, I know you always cheer for the team in your city, yeah. but it's <laughs> it's just different there, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't get a choice really. I wonder how many how many born and raised Saskatchewanians cheer for Calgary or Edmonton or Toronto or Ottawa in the CFL." Like, even when they move to other places. Yeah. Do like, you hear think- a lot of people, like, like I've met people here and Edmontonians who have moved away who said, well, I like the Oilers, but when I was 25, I moved to Montreal and I got into the Canadians, Canadians culture, or the opposite. Yeah. but I, It I, doesn't I, work that way with the Riders. No, no, they move away and then they just stay. 
They just stay green and white. They're, more power to them. You, you gotta, you gotta say God bless hey, them. Hey, I, I do admire them. They're absolutely. I also like. Absolutely. I also like bugging them sometimes. Because I'm kind of a jerk. Uh, <laughs> I heard that. I read that on the internet once. <laughs> well, that was because you posted it. Well, you know. You go to the website, wilkinsisajerk.com. Morley Scott's the webmaster. All right, what's coming up on the Eskimo show, buddy? Uh, let's Big see. Win. Big win. Uh, yeah, it was a real huge win. I love the start of that football game. Uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll kind of hear the start of it a little bit. We'll talk. Uh, we'll hear from the, the coach and the general manager. Their news conferences, uh, media availability this morning, talking about the roster moves made on Sunday. Uh, and we'll also talk with uh, J.C. Sherritt. Uh, Neil King, and we're going to go to uh, Ottawa and uh, speak with our good friend A.J. Jackiebeck. I, d- I did think Neil King looked good. He looks fast. Oh, man. He's all over the place, too. Yeah. I mean, he is getting to everything, especially the first game of the preseason in Calgary. He had like seven tackles, three special teams. Tackles. So, Mom and Wobble got cut. So yeah, King's yeah. He's the guy now. He's yeah. the guy for sure. It's a good story. Good story. You know, he's, he's come home to play for the Eskimos, and uh, it's been it's really worked out well for him. So, we'll talk to him probably after the news at 830. All right. Morley Scott, Eskimo Show from 8 to 9. Inside Sports is on from 6 to 9 tomorrow night. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the CFL going on DraftKings. That's pretty cool. More draft preview stuff as well for the National Hockey League. And uh, don't forget, Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.